This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What you been up to? Um, well, uh, some more Marvel, which I actually watched before everyone else watched. Is that to make up for last week when you watched it after us? No, not really. Oh. And some more Bond. Um, the man with the golden gun is... It's a film. It certainly is a film. It... It's, um... Yeah. Uh, um, it, yes. It, why... Why... They, why... They haven't aged well, have they? The man with the golden gun, and this isn't... A plot spoiler at all, but <laughs> Sergeant Pepper makes a return, and the film did not need Sergeant Pepper to make a return. <laughs> that racist idiot. Oh, oh, those are strong words, Thomas. No, he is a racist idiot. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh well, it, things things will start to improve a little bit. I do hope so. Oh, now I do apologise for the uh, uh, sounds in the background. It is uh, blowing a bit gusty outside. And of course, our microphones are carefully aimed at the chimney. Mm. And the wind is blowing right down it at the moment. The disused chimney in the deranged cat studio in scenic Tasmania, Australia. That's right. Powered by Random Doc. No, sorry. That's, that's later, isn't it? Mm. Um, look, the number of podcasts that I've listened to in the last couple of days where people have been saying that they've been uh, recording the podcasts in their closets with towels hung up and uh, to sound deaden. Well, we've got Buckleys of doing that in our situation. Uh, unless, of course, we uh, record in separate rooms. Mm. And, uh, yeah. They're not going to happen. Also, also this week, I've been walking, which is why this episode is brought to you by legs and and feet. feet. Is that why I saw someone who looked very much like you making loser signs (laughs) at me across the road as I was coming home from my walk? No, I think it might be entirely unrelated to the person I saw across the road who was also making loser signs and twiddling their thumb in the the nasal area. Right. Huh. As I made my way out. Yes. Um, Like ships that pass in the night. uh, As I was heading home thinking, oh, look, maybe we could start early today and watch the film before the... <laughs> oh. Yeah, 
great great plans, but no, it, it was it was probably never going to work out. It anyway. probably wasn't. Um, but it is a long film. Mm, it is today, and uh, we should probably get straight into it. What are we watching today? We are watching a Martin Scorsese picture, The Aviator. That uh, that very rare and unknown film that <laughs> hardly anyone has heard of. Um, <laughs> that won five Academy Awards. <clears throat> Um, directed by an unknown director, so no one really has heard of it. Look, these comments are probably completely wasted and uh, <laughs> as they are directed to someone who's probably not going to listen to the podcast. But um, would you be so kind, Thomas, as to tell us what this, um, this obscure film is all about? In a moment. Once, once the 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 flatbread gas has has. Thomas is suffering from flatbread gas. And and I have been for the entirety of this introduction, and well before this introduction. Wow, we wouldn't have picked it either. So you've mm. uh, pulled it off quite well. Um, but if you do need to let out a rip roaring burp, I can edit it out. I won't, but I could. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do a rip roaring burp. It, just it, it sounds of, like the gods are doing it behind us. Sort of comes in small bubbles. Uh, yes, I, I, sorry, I do tell a lie. I did hear a bubble earlier. Mm. If anyone can pick where that bubble occurred... Um, <laughs> I'm not giving you any points for that. <laughs> oh, dear. Why not? It, it, it could just cause more scandal and... Uh... <laughs> Thomas. I'm going to read the back of the would case. Would you be so kind as to please tell our dear listener the plot synopsis on the back of the case of this obscure little gem or otherwise? <laughs> yeah, you heard that one, didn't you? <laughs> we, we, we did. Mm. Yes. One of the 20th century's most compelling figures, Howard Hughes was a wily industrialist, glamorous movie producer, and unstoppable American innovator. But he thought of himself first and foremost as an aviator. Roll credits. Director Martin Scorsese focuses on the most prolific period in the life of Hughes, the mid-1920s through the 1940s. I remember it well. No, you don't. No. It was a time of brilliant aeronautical invention, turbulent love affairs, including one with Catherine Hepburn, and savage corporate battles. Prepare yourself for the ride of the lifetime of this billionaire genius madman. The ride of the lifetime. Yes, the ride of the lifetime of this billionaire genius madman. (laughs) Somebody needs shooting. That, That was appallingly written. Oh, dear. Um, not enough commas to begin with, I don't think. Oh, no, 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 there were, there were commas between billionaire genius and madman. Right, okay. Fair enough. Prepare yourself for the ride of the lifetime of this billionaire genius madman. Okay, I'm prepared. Thomas, would you be so kind as to, uh, we established last week that it is already unwrapped. Um, it is 
one of many films that uh, have not made it all the way th- I have not made it all the way through uh, for some reason or another I don't think I got terribly far through this um, Thomas would you open your the case pop the disc out he's going to pop it into the machine we're going to watch it and decide whether this obscure film and I do stress that it is obscure um, remains on the shelf and we'll catch you on the flip side turn to side B um, is that like inverted uh, yes but but what you've just done there mm. is not a barrel roll that's that's more of an aileron roll what, what you want is a, a sort of sort of a corkscrew yeah, but, but uh, he's, it's still inverted. Yeah, it's inverted. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it's an aileron roll, not a battle roll. Right. Have you been playing um, Microsoft Flight Simulator? I haven't, no. Neither have I. It's 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 not cheap. It isn't. Uh, either in price or in space requirements. Oh, good grief. It is bonkers. Um, yes. Um, anyway. We were turning to side B, we weren't were. we? We were. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, music here. Roll music. Composed by... Howard Shaw. Oh, really? Mm. My goodness. He did write things before um, the um, Lord of the Rings trilogy. All of, all of this is sort of irrelevant to the turning to side <sighs> B segment. Yes, we have it? turned to side yeah. B, you mongrel.
So what did you think? That was all right. That was a solid film. Yeah. It was long. It was. Um, but I didn't have a problem with that. It was, yeah. I could have done with a little less of it. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, actually, what was really strange was that the things that were left out, as opposed to the things that were included, I, I don't know. I, I felt it ended, possibly, abruptly. Um, I, perhaps in the sense that I wanted to know what happened next in a lot of aspects um uh pan am would go on to <laughs> spoilers uh, would go on to collapse uh, 10 years before twa <laughs> okay that that's a little further ahead than i was sort of mm. hoping I, I was sort of more thinking along the lines of uh, because they did stay around for quite some time after yes. the the end of this film, um, the the fact that they were certainly around um, in 1967 when mm. 2001 came out and um, <laughs> major product placement in in that film, and for quite some time after that, even what what year did they? Uh, Pan Am went under in 1991. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so wasn't quite uh, thinking along those. I, I was thinking in the next six months, maybe? No. No, 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 oh, no, no, right, no. Yeah. As in what happened mm. in the next six months after the film abruptly ended. Um, and and I, I felt that it was wrapping up and, and that it would end abruptly, but I was at least expecting maybe a, a little, um, you know, Howard Hughes went on to... I don't know. Um, yeah, so, and and yet there are other things that possibly could have been tighter and they could have given more. I don't know. It's, it's the director's choice, isn't it? Yeah. As was the rather arbitrary choice, artistic choice of going for the two strip colour and I guess we've seen similar... And I've been trying to remember what film it was in where the um, the aspect ratios kept changing. What film was uh, that? That would have been the Grand Budapest Hotel. That's what it was. Um, and considering the quirkiness of that film, it, it worked really well with that. But I, I found um, it the the different film stock type of effect uh, somewhat arbitrary and, and not necessary in this film I, I felt as you well and truly appreciated it took me out of the film mm. um, yeah the, the, there was a, a scene on a golf course and uh, the, the two strip effect had been going all the way up until then the, but it wasn't until we hit a golf course where there should have been the colour green. Yes. And there, there very much wasn't the colour green. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, if he's going to do that, then perhaps the first part, half of the film up till then should have been in black and white. So uh, it, it, it didn't gel with me. 
and it may well have done with you, but... It, it was certainly weird, but I can appreciate the choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I did suspect, once once you'd settled my mind that um, it wasn't the fact that the Green had just suddenly died on, in the television, which I've, I've heard uh, um, experiences of, <laughs> suddenly having the one whole colour channel dying in the television because um, I, I hadn't been up till that point up till the golf course scene conscious of it because the the, the two color process um, still gives a limited range in the green um, but that was it was really really obvious in in that section mm. um, if that was the case uh, the this this film uh, marks the beginning of Leonardo DiCaprio's long history of not winning Best Actor at the Oscars. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he would eventually break that curse with The Revenant in 2016. Now, but, did, did but Kate Blanchett win Kate Best Blanchett Actress? Kate Blanchett did, in fact, win Best Supporting, Supporting Actress, Actress, I think, right. uh, which marked the first Oscar one for portraying an Oscar winner. Right, yeah. She did an amazing job in that. Leonardo DiCaprio, um, a, a very, very good performance, but, um, yeah, it, it varied in places, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Uh, possibly accents especially. Mm. I felt the the accent varied um, throughout, but oh, everyone's critic. <laughs> That's not what we're really here for. We established right from the start in this podcast that we we certainly weren't uh, going to um, be in any way, shape, or form a uh, critical analysis type of deal. Basically, deciding whether this film remains on the shelf. And I think mm. it's very much worthy of, of remaining there. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, and I'm going to put you on the spot, do I have in the collection any films directed by Howard Hughes? That's, that's a good question. Oh, there we go. Sort by director. Yeah. That's useful. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, sort by first name. Sure, we're going to sort by the first name of the director. Uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Make sure you get Howard and not Howie. Mm. No, no, I've got a Howard Hawks, but not a Howard Hughes. Right. Assuming that it's not in some collection. No, no, I I don't think it is. Um, Mm. mm. All of the performances were solid. It was, uh, the the cast was just amazing and um, some of the casting was just brilliant uh, and and spot on. But, uh, uh, I mean, that that being said, there were obvious things that um, would have been completely fictional 
the community airline bill. Not not a thing. Okay. Not a thing. Well, that extreme in, in mm. fictionality. Um, uh, the, the senator and Howard Hughes did come to quite some tussles, but it did not come to a bill granting Pan Am a monopoly. Wow, that that's that's a real stretch. I, I don't mm, I don't know whether I would have made that decision to to make that um, right. Well, that that certainly plays on the whole gamut of things that I thought they they couldn't um, know from anyone that this is actually what happened, and that explains why it was entirely fictional. All right. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you have anything else you wish to add? Uh, no. 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 I think, I think that's it. Because yes, established that yeah, that's staying on the shelf. Uh, quaint little film, and <laughs> and so we'll um, move on. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. We've got a lot of suggestions. Gotta get through them now. At least some of them we've got to work that out. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. So, how many films do we have uh, to pluck from this week? There are 72 films on the list. Mm -hmm. And we will be selecting nine of them. Okay. I did happen to glance because I I deleted um, a couple of films off the Still Under Wraps list. Uh, And noticed for the first time how extremely short we are on films now oh yeah so uh, yes <laughs> if you're wanting to make a last minute dash to try and claim victory uh, in this segment um don't leave your run any later than oh about four weeks ago i'd say <laughs> yeah okay so nine from 72 two all right then. Well, let's roll the randomising random randomometer. Powered by random.org's random integer set generator. Number seven, M. Hi, M. Suggests the 1984 film The Wild Duck. The Wild Duck. Now, that is the film that... No, I have no idea. No. I do apologise, M. Um, I do not know of The Wild Duck and have not seen it. No, it's it's no points. No points, M. Sorry, M. Uh, number nine. 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 And I'm going to have to look it up because this says that I have seen it. <laughs> it it's it's funny because uh, there was a certain well the the some of the ones that I added this week um, I immediately put a question mark and didn't dare guess even though I'm pretty sure that at least one of them you have seen but uh, you have seen it Thomas number nine you've definitely seen what is it <laughs> number nine yes. Dan. Hi, Dan. Suggests. Yes. The Dish. The Dish. The famous Australian film about the uh, Parkes radio telescope that was used to receive the Apollo moon landing signal. 
And I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure I sat down and watched it with you. I can't remember <laughs> it. And, okay. And so it doesn't count. Okay, it doesn't count. You have not seen it. I have seen it. I, in fact, went to the cinema to see it, and I did purchase a copy of it. So it is on the shelf. So, Dan, that is two points. Is it on Blu-ray? No. It's, it's not. It's not. No. No, it was uh, purchased many years ago before a Blu-ray machine was uh, anywhere on the radar. And no multiplier. Well done, Dan. Two solid points there. Okay. Number 10. Yes. M. Hi, M again. M again. I've done that, haven't I? Suggests Venom. And and next to Venom, there is a note that says there are many films by that name. (laughs) All of which would score zero points. Zero points. points. I have not seen any movie called Venom. Even the one that um, I strongly suspect you were suggesting. And Thomas... You haven't either, and none on the shelf. Sorry, M, no points. Number 12, Dan. Hi, Dan. Suggests Yellow Submarine, which also scores zero points. And Dan, if he's listening, is screaming. No, I have not seen the Beatles film Yellow Submarine. Number 24, M suggests up, <laughs> which scores three up. points. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> three points. Three solid points, M. Unmultiplied. No, no multipliers there. Well done, M. Uh, number 33. Dan suggests... Hello, Dan again. It is what it is. It is. Uh, Dan suggests the Pink Panther, which... I have not seen, and isn't on the shelf. But I have seen it. So that is one point, and no multiplier. And that is not my dog. And I blame it on the minky. Number 44, Lee. Hi, Lee. Suggests Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a good film. It is a good film. Yes. Helped very much by the uh, the director. Yes. Um, that goes way back to when we watched uh, Grand Budapest. I think mm. he suggested it after that because I mentioned that there was at least one other uh, Wes Anderson film mm-hmm. on the shelf. So, yes, three points there. There is at least one other. Indeed. <laughs> and, yes... Um, so three points, but no multiplier on that. No. No. Uh, number 64, Helen suggests... Hi, Helen. The Fugitive, which I have not seen and is not on the shelf. Weird, huh? I have seen it. I've seen it a number of times, in fact. It went through a spate where it would be shown every second week on television here, and I think I grew sick of it before I... Tempted to purchase a copy of it and, and yeah, it just hasn't ended up on the shelf. It's a good solid film, but yes. And only one point, no multiplier. Right. 
and um, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> Be thankful that your mother is still alive. Okay. <laughs> All right. And finally, number 71, uh, M suggests Wreckage Ralph, which scores three unmultiplied points. Three unmultiplied points, yep. The, uh, the low-hanging uh, hanging fruit has uh, done wonders for M's uh, score this time around, I think. It certainly has, yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well done. That probably didn't make any dent on the leaderboard. No, just not really. Moment. Not really, but... Um, Lee gets a tiny bit more lead, but... Yeah. That's that's about it. A little, little bit more leeway. So we move on to our next segment. <laughs> Let's move on to our next segment. Shake the phone and pick a film And then we'll watch the film next week. We we do talk about how this list is getting so much shorter, and it, it really is. It really, really is. And there are some films that I'm really, really, really looking forward to on this list, and some not so much. But who is to say what we're watching this week? We're about to find out. Thomas is going to shake the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's from 2000. Right. And it's a musical. Oh, excellent. Good. And it's Billy Elliot. It is Billy Elliot. And I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, It has been sitting there um, for many, many years prior to the podcast. And then, yeah, it's been haunting me. I've been very much looking forward to watching this. Why I didn't watch it prior to the podcast, I do not know. But that's what we're watching. Billy Elliot. Thomas, could you, for our dear listener who has no idea what Billy Elliot is about, other than it's hard to say when your tongue is not operating properly, please, would you read the back of the DVD case? With 13 BAFTA nominations... Billy Elliot is a heartwarming tale of an 11-year-old coal miner's son in the north of England, whose whole life is changed when he stumbles upon Mrs. Wilkinson's ballet class during his weekly boxing lesson. Before long, he finds himself immersed in ballet and reaching for a dream that changes the lives of everyone he touches. I've... I've mentally spell-checked uh, this this transcription of the back of the case. That last sentence reads in the database, Before long, he finds himself immersed in ballet and reaching for a frame that chenages the lives of everyone he touches. It does, it chenages. <laughs> a frame. A frame that chenages. Excellent. I hope uh, it chenages our lives next week. When we watch Billy Elliot, Thomas, would you be so kind as to correct that when you get a chance? If I remember. If you remember. Um, We hope that you can join us uh, in the last dying breaths of this podcast. Um, 
And yes, join us next week when we watch Billy Elliot. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production. Ended rather abruptly again, didn't mm. it? Good. We're we're going to make a fourth season, but it's going to be very, very short. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, which episode are we up to right now? Uh, where this I think is three two two. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, think we I'll, I'll pull up the folder. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure last last week was three two one. So what do we do? We we end our, on a cliffhanger, um, episode twenty six of season three and then go into season four after a two week hiatus and then get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs>